welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. talk about faith. We're doing a series on faith. I hope you watched last week and if not you can watch the message on Facebook or always get the podcast. Uh, We had Craig Stevens uh, talking about his faith journey and uh, particularly his calling as an evangelist. What a great man of God. What a great message and interview that we had with him. Uh, And I'm I'm talking uh, today about the fight of faith as we spend the next several weeks on this subject of faith. Uh, and, And let me start by saying this. We all have faith. I've met people who say, oh, I envy you. You, you, you have faith in God and I, I don't have. Well, we all have faith. We are always expressing our faith uh, every day in different ways to different things or different people. We also have doubt. We express our doubts because uh, you'll hear people say, oh, you know, I can't you know, follow the government or believe in the government or, or I, 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 w- I wouldn't trust him. What do people say? I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him, whatever that means. But, you know, they're expressing doubt in that person. But at the same time, you'll hear people say, oh, this guy, he's a top bloke. You can count on him. Or, uh, or tr- trust me, I'll give you some advice. Now, trust me. And, and they kind of lay out their believing in themselves and their wisdom or their expertise in a certain area. Some people might uh, talk about their business venture and say, I really believe this business is going to take off. Well, of course, they're all expressions of faith. They're all believing or trusting in someone or something. And surely we would do well to trust in God because he is the most uh, dependable, trustworthy, reliable, faithful, stable person in the universe and he invites us into a relationship with him by faith because, you know, God's revealed himself to us in certain ways. We, uh, we see evidence of God in creation. Uh, we see uh, in our own inner moral code just that innate knowledge of what is right and wrong represents a, a creator and and his hand not just the evolution of some biological uh creature uh we see of course the life of jesus he came to earth and there's plenty of historical evidence that supports his existence on earth and we have the gospel accounts of his life and the bible that is god expressing uh to us what he wants us to know about the world around us and ourselves and a pathway to heaven uh, but having got all that, we still need faith because God is deliberately not giving it all to us in a way that our physical senses can appreciate or understand or be used to pick up on. So we, we then have the opportunity to use spiritual senses of faith. So we talk about seeing God or hearing from God and we're talking really about the realm of faith, the realm of the spirit, just as real uh, but not the physical senses that we're used to. So we kind of have to switch gears to do that. And, and when we do, of course, things open up. 
this whole spiritual world opens up to us when we take that that first step of faith. And of course, that's what happens when someone becomes a Christian. You know, we're not born Christians because we're just in a nice family or nice country. Um, we don't become Christians just sitting in a church. Like they say, you can sit in the garage. You're not going to morph into a Holden car. Not many Holdens around anyway, but any kind of car. Uh, and so we have this opportunity to step into a relationship with God by faith. That's why, you know, John 3.16 says, God loved the world so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, so that anyone who should believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Anyone who will believe in him. So there's the faith. We enter into a saving grace relationship with God by faith. We're sinners. We need to deal with it. Uh, and when we believe in Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross, we receive salvation, praise the Lord, eternal life. And that happens by faith. But that's just the beginning. And so then we start a faith journey. And the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, not just by our physical senses. And there's the challenge because it's, it's very easy just to keep relying on on our physical senses so we have a tension in fact we have a fight there's a there's a fight before us as we go through life there's this fight between faith and doubt a struggle between hearing what god is saying and what others are saying the the media of course shouts loudly at us sometimes drama and distressing news and and other people say stuff and there's a devil and he whispers things into your ear and you've got to decide what am i going to hear and and of course faith listens to what god says uh, and then of course we've got this sense of believing in our heart am i going to believe in god's promises god's uh, truth in the bible uh, the commandments of god that are again in the bible or will I just rely on my own senses, my own devices? And so this is the challenge, this fight. And Paul talks about that. Paul the Apostle in the New Testament. And he charged Timothy, his young protege pastor, and he says uh, to him, you must fight the good fight of faith. Notice that it's a good fight because we win. It's an exciting but wonderful challenge to walk by faith and to fight with faith and we do win and then in his final letter to timothy in fact perhaps his final letter ever second timothy we know he alludes to it that his time is at hand he was soon after he writes this letter executed by the roman uh, emperor and he writes writes in um, 2 timothy 4 verse 7 i have fought the good fight i have finished the race I have kept the faith. And so that was Paul looking back on his life. And he was thinking, wow, I've fought some battles. <laughs> Boy, he had been through some tough times. But he had fought those battles with faith. He had overcome because of his faith. He hadn't been overwhelmed. He hadn't been beaten down. He hadn't been so discouraged that he walked away from God or from the ministry that he was called to, through, called to through all the persecution and problems. His faith in God kept him fighting, kept him strong. 
And this is the charge for us. We need to also deal with doubt, deal with distractions and follow with faith and a fearless devotion to Christ the way Paul did. And this is why I'm talking about the fight of faith. And it's exemplified for us in the Old Testament in a number of places. And one story I want to look at that really shows how dramatic uh, the victory can be when you walk by faith and follow God with faith. And so um, I want us to have a look at the life of Joshua, but I'm also going to have a drink of water. Praise the Lord. Uh, so Joshua, a little bit of background. You may know that uh, the nation of Israel had been enslaved in Egypt under Pharaoh uh, and his oppressive rule. And they cried out and God sent the leader Moses to take them out of Egypt. The exodus from Egypt is recorded in the book of Exodus. And Moses took them into the desert uh, away from Egypt and they were going to the promised land. And God had said, I will give you this land. In fact, he had promised it to Abraham a long time before that. He said, I'm going to give you this land and it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And, uh, you know, they say that it's really only a, a couple of weeks walking, several hundred kilometers, but they could have got there in just about two weeks, if not for being so doubtful and disobedient. And so because of that, God said, well, you're going to actually take a few detours for 40 years in the desert, including Moses, because even he disobeyed God at one point. And so God said to them, basically, I want this whole generation to die out. But the next generation, I'll bring them in to this promised land. And so step forward, Joshua, the successor of Moses to lead the entire nation, millions of people all up. Um, and, uh, and so now they're sort of up in the north east and they cross over the Jordan River to the west and they're coming into the northern part of the promised land, Canaan, which, which is now Israel. And, um, and Joshua... Uh, is, is ready to go. He's the leader. He's been a general, a leader of the army. He's a fighting man and, and he's trained uh, with leadership. But right at the beginning of the book of Joshua, God says to him, I've given you this land. Now go and take possession of it, which is an interesting uh, statement. So because right there, Joshua has a choice. God's saying, I've given you the land. I've I've not just got the hope or the possibility that you could get it. God's saying, I've got it for you. Take it. And so Joshua could, could well, he could hopefully just trust in God, see by faith the reality of what God is saying and just step into it. Uh, but he could easily have doubted that. He could easily have said, well, gee, God, I know about this place that you're talking about because he was one of the spies. You read in Numbers 14, he had been there years earlier. And he could say, well, there's giants in the land. I don't know if you realize that, God. And uh, it's, it's, it's tricky. And uh, I don't know about you having given it to us. We haven't got anything yet, really. What are you saying? So he could have just relied on his own senses and said, God, you, you got it all wrong. I'll have to trust myself here and we'll do what we can. But this is a bit crazy, this talk of you've given it to us already. But, of course, that's a faith statement. And fortunately, Joshua... Uh, took God at his word and said, thank you, I get it. You've, you've promised it, uh, and now we just take a step forward to the fulfillment of that promise. And so he moves forward in faith, and the people 
rally behind him because they sense his courage and his faith and away they go. Um, But interestingly, this journey of faith still requires a fight. There is still action that is required from those who are following and trusting God. So it's not, not as simple as saying, okay, God, thank you. I believe you. And then they just cross over the river and just sort of wait because there are people there that God had ordained for them to be destroyed. Very evil uh, practices going on in the Canaanites that historians tell us. Child sacrifice, all kinds of debauchery, stuff that God was quite happy to wipe out and replace with a godly nation that he was raising up through Israel. Uh, But he required the people of God, the nation of Israel, to be involved and to fight. So we've got faith, but we've also got action. And, uh, and so we see this uh, development and, uh, and so they, they move forward and they get to this city called Jericho and we come to Joshua chapter 6 and we find that uh, you know, God's going to give them the land but they're going to have to fight as well. But how they fight is interesting. So let's read Joshua chapter 6 verse 2 to verse 4 and it says, The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Again, they could say, well, no offense, God, you haven't done nothing yet. It's like, you you mean you're going to. But God is saying, from my perspective, from where I'm at, by faith, you already have it. And so he says, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So God has a plan. When you read on, you find out that That plan involves the army actually not to say a word, although the trumpets are blowing. He says, I want you to go around once a day for six days and then on the seventh day, seven times on that day, and not say a word. And I don't want you to go running at the city and attacking anyone. You're going to do nothing. And then all you're going to do at the end is to give a shout. So that right there is a challenge because, you know, this victory, he's saying... This is going to be won by faith and obedience. You do what I say it's, and you follow me and trust me, it's going to work out. You'll win the victory. But like I said, it would be hard for these soldiers who are battle trained, who are eager to go, to not say anything and not do anything. But of course, they do obey. They keep quiet. And on they finally walk around the, on the last day and they shout and the walls of the city collapse. Now, They say that the walls of Jericho were so thick that they had chariot races around the top of them. So this was a fortified, seriously solid city that people felt secure inside. But it just goes to show the miracle-working power of God and the power of faith that connects and couples with his power. And those guys, those soldiers would have been glad that they hadn't blown it by stepping into, oh, no, no, we got this, we're doing it all by ourselves. They're trusting in God. And they're just flowing with faith in God's command, even though it seemed a little strange and a little unusual. But notice they shout 
and then the walls come down. He, he doesn't say, look, watch, sit back and don't do anything uh, and all the walls will fall down and then, look, you can go in and take the city. And then they go, oh, look at that. Wow, that's awesome. The shout comes before the walls come down. And this, again, is an expression of faith. God says something. He calls us to act on what he says before we've actually seen a change in the circumstances. Anyone could shout once they'd seen the walls fall down. Everyone could go, yay, that's great. But beforehand, the challenge is, why are we shouting? What's the deal? We're not excited. The walls are still there. And so this is the journey of faith. This is where we God invites us to trust him and to to read his word, follow his promises into a, a new reality and to celebrate that reality even before we see it fulfilled by faith. And, and so we believe first and then we see a change come as a result. So what can we learn from Joshua and these guys with him and the walls of Jericho? Well, firstly, it means... Okay, it doesn't mean that you can invade your neighborhood and take over your next door neighbor's house and just walk in and say, the Lord has spoken. He has given me this land, every place I step my foot on and I like your swimming pool So, and then cut them down by swords. That's not going to go well for anyone. Okay, so just wanted to make sure we clarify that. Right, so the New Testament today applies these lessons where they were fighting physically we are called to fight spiritually. And uh, Ephesians talks about this in chapter 6, verse 12. And God says there, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So there is a fight, but it's a spiritual one against the devil who is real and demonic forces and dark forces that play against the ways of God. So we don't fight against people the way they did in the Old Testament, but the principles apply that we are still, well, for example, uh, you might feel attacked by fear in this current climate because of the um, threat of the coronavirus. And so some people are very worried about the future. And uh, they're worried about what the new normal will look like. And maybe they're quite freaked out by all the doomsday predictions that come through the media all the time. And the so-called experts are, you know, dispelling their latest gloomy forecast for the future. Uh, so you have a choice then. What are you going to believe in? Will I, will I believe the fearful forecast or will I believe the, the future that God will provide a world where God's promises can be fulfilled, where he says in his word, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's Jeremiah 29 verse 11, one of those verses in the Bible that um, we can trust in, believe in, stand on. Uh, Maybe you're concerned about your finances, and perhaps for good reason. Maybe you've actually lost your job because of the recent upheaval in the world. Or maybe your business is struggling, and maybe you've missed out on some government incentive uh, or support or assistance, 
And so the bills are, you know, racking up and the income's going down. And so you have very good reason to be concerned. But again, God's word is waiting for you to put your faith in, to trust in, and he's uh, it's, it's proven true so many times. Regardless of the circumstances, God's word promises provision for his people. And he will come through and he will protect you, he will bless you, and he will provide for you. And for example, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 says, God will generously provide all you need. You will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. <laughs> That's the New Living Translation of that verse. That's God's will. And I've seen that in my life and uh, many watching today and being part of our church have been able to testify, yeah, crazy times, crazy circumstances, recession, challenges and in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm, by faith in God and believing in his word, the faith, the power of God comes and then what do you know, things work out and there's a new job offer or that business venture that you thought was teetering on the edge just takes off or you take another direction or another door opens and you know things can work out when you follow God with faith and of course then there's illness or sickness or injury your body can be in pain Uh, your mind is racing through all the possibilities all the prognoses that the, the the doctors might have given you a few and they're just doing their job they you know want to prepare you for the worst perhaps and so that's what you're thinking the worst but meanwhile dr jesus has prepared a different prognosis and he says you're healed because the bible has promised that and you can be strong and healthy again and you'll get there by faith by trusting in his word and that's why the bible says in james 5 15 the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. Let me finish with a personal example of that. A few years ago, I uh, had a motorbike accident. Very rarely, it's a very safe sport. Just want to make sure we all understand that. But I was riding on a farm with a hidden rock on a dirt bike going quite fast and uh, maybe 40 kilometers an hour, maybe 50 quite fast on dirt trailer rides and I hit this hidden rock, flew over the handlebars, smacked into a tree, thought I was going to die, then realised I was still alive, which was kind of worse because I was in so much pain, thinking, oh, well, I wish I had died. And I was in so much pain. I cried out to Jesus and right, bang, there, and I just thought, right, I I got to get healed. I had two good reasons to make sure that I could get quick and complete healing. One is obviously that life is better when you're not in terrible pain. So I'm thinking, I just, I, I, you know, I don't want to have this pain long term. I don't want to carry an injury. But also, life is better when your wife doesn't mind you riding motorbikes uh, and, uh, and doesn't worry about the fact that you're going to definitely ride them anyway. So it's better if you're not injured, so then she's not concerned. You know. So um, we headed home. Uh, and I came in the front door trying to hide all the pain. Hi, babe. I'm home a little bit early. It's all good. And uh, Ruth, you know, got onto it. What's the matter? What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. 
you know, and I kind of saw in the leg and all around, all around here, my chest had hit this tree hard. And, um, but right then I was holding on to God's word, you know, the, the promises of God. It says, by his stripes, we are healed. That's a prophecy in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, no, 53, verse 5. It's quoted again in First um, Peter, chapter 2, verse 24. Um, by his stripes, we are healed. By the, 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 what Jesus died on the cross for, not just for the sin, but for the sickness of, our, uh, of uh, the pain in our lives to be recovered. And uh, so Ruth said, look, you better go to hospital. Oh, I went to hospital. She said, better get an x-ray. It looks, you know. And there was a big queue at the emergency, and I'm not known as an altogether patient person. So I went home and said, oh, no, it's too long a wait. I'll be fine. So I go to bed. But that night, sleeping next to me, she heard this weird gurgling sound and realized there's all this watery, gurgly sound coming from me. Wakes up, rang my brother, who's a medical professional, and he said he definitely needs to go to the emergency department. So I went along, found a medical center that didn't have too long a wait, got the x-ray, and yes, they said, you've broken ribs, you've got water in your lungs, and you've got air outside your lungs in all the wrong places. Um, and so, you know, they talked about how serious it could be and all the complications that it could lead to. And again, I just knew... I'm going to get healed. I I don't, I don't I don't want this to be too serious. I don't need it to be complicated. I want it to be quite simple. <laughs> I just want to, by his stripes, I'm healed. And I just proclaim that, believe for that, and I'm going to get better, quick. And, you know, it was a real choice. I could have uh, worried and, and gone under, I guess, under a sense of stress and thought of all the complications and issues. But uh, I also had God's word to, to believe in, in and to proclaim. In fact, Ruth said it last week in that word. She had a prophetic word at the beginning of last week's service. I don't know if you remember. But she said, um, this is a time for us not to complain, but to proclaim. And this is faith, proclaiming the word of God, believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. The Bible says, book of Romans, we, we believe the word of God and we confess with our mouth. This is faith. And so God healed me, and uh, I can still enjoy my very safe sport of motorcycling. I choose not to go riding on farms where there are hidden rocks around the place. Um, so what is it that you need to fight against? What are you doing about that fight? Are you just fighting in your own strength? Are you just losing the battle because you couldn't be bothered fighting or it's too tiresome? Or perhaps you just need to step into a place of faith, a trust in God, a decision. It's, you don't have to conjure it up. You don't have to stress and st you just have to decide. Yeah, sure. I'll trust you, Lord. I trust the word of God. And, and when you come against those walls of Jericho, you don't have to let them intimidate you. You just have to proclaim God's word, obey God's word, and let out a shout of faith, a shout of of victory just as Joshua and co did and so proclaim the word proclaim victory over your life over your circumstances over your family by faith in Jesus name amen
hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.